The way Agent Orange and exposure to Agent Orange and the diseases that come from Agent Orange go together in the veterans context is fairly straightforward. Exposure to Agent Orange by itself means nothing. It does not entitle you to any benefits. However, exposure to Agent Orange plus a medical condition that may be caused by Agent Orange is a whole different thing. What the veterans benefits folks have done over time with a lot of help from the National Institutes of Health is to medically research what health conditions are commonly caused by exposure to Agent Orange. And I mentioned a minute ago, lung cancer is one of them, one of the really bad ones, but there are a lot. Welcome to the Victory Over VA podcast, a podcast about empowering veterans to overcome denied disability claims. Each week, we deliver critical insights to help you understand the disability process, veterans' benefits, and how to take control of your legal rights. Now, here's your host, Tony Francis Jackson. Hey there. Welcome to Victory Over VA, your guide to veterans' disability benefits. This is our podcast from Jackson and McNichol, and we are today doing part of our series about myths about veterans' benefits. In particular, we're going to talk about some myths about Agent Orange. But first, welcome. Now, who are we? Easy answer. We're Jackson and McNichol. I'm Francis Jackson. Today, Christian Tirison, one of our attorneys, is with me. What's this all about? Well, it's about veterans' disability compensation. Many veterans who served in the armed forces of the United States have one or often more medical problems that are traceable back to their time in service. And those conditions generally are eligible for uh, an award of service connection and potentially benefits by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. So who is this show for? Well, it's for veterans, of course, but it's also for friends of veterans, folks who are loved ones of veterans. It's anyone interested in the problems that veterans have in getting their disability compensation from the VA. So let's start with today's myth. Okay, today's myth basically boils down to, I was exposed to Agent Orange, why haven't I gotten my benefits yet? A lot okay. of vets I talk with will think that, you know, their statement of Agent Orange exposure and the presence of a medical condition, you know, that's all the VA should need to see to get their benefits checked. Well, you know, and sometimes it's even broader than that. I've had a number of veterans over the years say to me, I was exposed to Agent Orange. Why aren't I getting benefits? Well, the way this all works is Agent Orange is a combination of chemicals that was put together by the Dow Chemical Corporation for the U.S. government, particularly the military, to use as a defoliant, meaning it would kill off the foliage. And killing off the foliage was important for the 
U.S. war effort in Vietnam because it's a very tropical country. The foliage just springs out everywhere, and it's easy for people to hide in the foliage. Obviously, if your soldiers are out in the field and are looking for the bad guys, it's much better if you can see them than if you can't see them. So the United States dropped tons and tons of liquid defoliant over the nation of South Vietnam. And as a result, many of the U.S. service personnel, both Army, Marine, Air Force, and even Navy folks, got exposed to Agent Orange. The critical thing to know about Agent Orange is it has bad chemicals. The worst one is a chemical called dioxin, which is carcinogenic, carcinogenic, and can cause things like lung cancer. It's just bad stuff. But nobody understood that at the time, and there are actually pictures of people deliberately using Agent Orange as a liquid to wash things off or even to wash themselves off with because nobody understood at the time, or most of the people who were working with the stuff did not understand at the time that it had potential for real serious long-term medical side effects. But the way Agent Orange and exposure to Agent Orange and the diseases that come from Agent Orange go together in the veterans context is fairly straightforward. Exposure to Agent Orange by itself means nothing. It does not entitle you to any benefits. However, exposure to Agent Orange plus a medical condition that may be caused by Agent Orange is a whole different thing. What the veterans benefits folks have done over time with a lot of help from the National Institutes of Health is to medically research what health conditions are commonly caused by exposure to Agent Orange. And I mentioned a minute ago, lung cancer is one of them, one of the really bad ones. But there are a lot. It can cause skin problems, chloracne. It can cause diabetes. It can cause uh, a whole range of different cancers. And so it has been, over the last 40 years or so, an increasingly studied and analyzed topic as to what conditions it does cause and what conditions it doesn't. So over that time, the, the folks at the National Institutes of Health have looked at Agent Orange and the population that was exposed to it and have slowly developed a pattern of, okay, this condition is closely related to Agent Orange. This one's not. This one is. This one's not. And for a very long time, it was simply an issue of going to the VA and saying, I have this condition and I think it's tied to my service in Vietnam because I was exposed to Agent Orange. But fairly early on after Vietnam, people began to recognize that Agent Orange could cause various diseases and eventually the VA started recognizing what they call presumptions. And all a presumption is if there is a presumption that the condition is tied to Agent Orange, then what the veteran had to do was not to you the usual proof, which is I have a service-connected condition, I served in the military, and I have a medical determination that 
my service in the, in the military led to the current condition, but rather a shortened version of that is, I served in the military, I was exposed to Agent Orange, and as a result, I am presumed to be entitled to service connection for diabetes, for example, or uh, lung cancer, or whatever condition it happens to be. So that's kind of the first step in the presumptions. Then there was a lot of concern about, okay, who was entitled to the presumption? At first, it was just folks who were on the ground in Vietnam. You had to show that you personally were on the landmass in Vietnam. Then there was a lot of discussion about what are called blue water veterans, meaning veterans who are sailors who served on ships off the Vietnam coast. And as you can appreciate, Agent Orange was dispersed by plane, which meant it was dispersed into the air. Uh, it settled in everything from, you know, the uh, ground that it came in contact with to the water it came in contact with. And so it literally came out of the atmosphere onto the Navy ships that were in the area. And there was a long battle over whether Naval veterans were technically exposed, and if so, were they entitled to the presumption that these different conditions were caused by Agent Orange and they'd been exposed to it. We finally got that behind us a couple of years ago. There's now a statute that entitles those folks to the presumption of exposure. And then the next level of difficulty with getting the VA to recognize claims was folks who served outside Vietnam, but in Southeast Asia, particularly in Thailand. Lots of folks served at the Royal Thai bases throughout Thailand where Agent Orange was used to clear the perimeter around the camp. Other folks were on the island of Guam, which was a big transshipment point for Agent Orange and has since had the EPA find extraordinary levels of things like dioxin in the water table in Guam. And then there were the folks who weren't supposed to be there, raiders in Cambodia and Laos, oh, the government for a long time, wouldn't even acknowledge uh, went there. But most recently, the, the biggest recent change in legislation has been the PACT Act, which came out, became effective about a year ago. And what the PACT Act did was to extend the Asian Orange presumption of exposure to folks who had served in Thailand and on these raids into Laos and Cambodia and recognize the, that Asian Orange had been heavily dispersed on Guam as well. So now we're at the point where most folks who served in the Southeast Asia, Asia theater of combat operations, whether they were in the Navy or the Air Force or the Marines or the Army or wherever they served, however they served, even Coast Guard folks who were assigned to Vietnam are all now considered to have been presumed to have been exposed to Agent Orange. And the next step is determining which conditions are so closely related to exposure to Agent Orange that they should get the presumption. And the most recent one that there's been a big fight about is hypertension. There have been lots of others along the way, but this is a, a continuing and evolving area of, of medicine in particular. Several years ago, before the presumption was extended to include stomach cancer, we had a lady we represented whose 
husband had died of stomach cancer. We were able to get a report from an oncologist explaining that the kind of cancer that he had was a cancer that could be caused by exposure to dioxin, which again is one of the prime constituents of Agent Orange. And we ultimately were able to get our benefits. I'm happy to say that stomach cancer is now recognized as a condition under the PACT Act, but the, the point is that veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange are not entitled to benefits just because of that exposure. They are, however, entitled to a presumption for the various diseases that have been determined to stem from or be closely associated with exposure to Agent Orange. Which is a very long-winded answer to your question. I mean, we're attorneys. What other kind of answer is there? <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to get your thoughts on, too, is, you know, you mentioned the PACT Act, new locations where there's presumptive Agent Orange exposure, but I've worked with a number of veterans who are certain they were exposed to Agent Orange. They saw the labeled, you know, barrels. They were spraying it. And this is, again, in locations outside of the presumption. What can be done for those cases? Well, the short answer is those are all case by case. But here's the, the overview. Agent Orange was used in addition to Vietnam in Korea along the demilitarized zone for the same purposes, killing off the vegetation to create clear lanes of fire. And so there is a limited presumption for those folks. For most veterans who served in Korea or in places in the U.S. where uh, Agent Orange was handled and stored, it's case by case. There are some places where the VA has grudgingly come to recognize that there should be a presumption of Agent Orange exposure even within the, sorry, even within the United States. Fort Drum, for example, is one of those places. And there are several others, but once you get outside of Southeast Asia, it's strictly a, a location by location, case by case kind of analysis. If people believe that they handled Agent Orange, and I should just mention this, there's actually a whole rainbow. It's not just Agent Orange, there's blue, there's white, there's purple. There are lots of different chemical combinations that were tested and developed, but Agent Orange is by far the most widespread. But backing up, what you have to do in those cases is you have to look to very specialized pieces of information about whether there was some use of the particular defoliant at a particular base and whether you can reasonably demonstrate that this service member would have been exposed to the defoliant at this base. As we move forward in time, the VA has accepted limited exposure to Agent Orange and, and the other rainbow defoliants at a lot of different locations around the country, but with a very limited acknowledgement so that it, it really almost always takes a good medical assessment explaining how the defoliant that was used at that base reasonably came in contact with this particular service member at a level where it's reasonable to presume that he or she has a condition such as hypertension or diabetes or whatever that could stem from that condition and it's as likely as not. Even in Korea, outside of a very narrow period for the presumption, you have to prove those cases case by case. Mm -hmm. I worked with one fellow whose MOS was he was supposed to be 
in the laundry or in the kitchens, and they had him out spraying defoliant around the base. And so we needed to get buddy statements and find other corroborating evidence to show that in his personnel record wasn't complete and wasn't necessarily accurate. We have a case that's still pending. It was just remanded from the court where the facts of the case were that the gentleman was handling equipment that had been returned from Vietnam. And we argued that he had been sufficiently exposed that his conditions could stem from that. And it is clear that it's possible to have this kind of second-hand impact. One of the most, I think, interesting Agent Orange issues has been the Air Force reservists who were exposed to planes that were used in Vietnam and then after the Vietnam War were obviously brought back to the States. And then as more advanced equipment became available for the Air Force, these were kind of um, moved down, if you will, to uh, use by reservists for training. And a number of the reservists came down with Agent Orange type uh, conditions. And eventually they tested these planes. And in fact, they had been used for Agent Orange spraying in Vietnam to such an extent that the planes were just completely contaminated. You couldn't fly them, crew on them, work on them without getting enough exposure to the remnants of Agent Orange to cause medical problems. And no one believed at first that was even possible, but it turns out it certainly is. Agent Orange is a condition, is a chemical or combination of chemicals that does not degrade quickly and easily. And years later, uh, you can still suffer from the effects of equipment having been exposed to it. So for veterans who suspect their health issue might be linked to Agent Orange, but don't have direct evidence or, or don't fall under the presumption, what would your advice be to those folks? There are a couple of things I would suggest to folks. The first thing I would suggest is go on the internet. There is an ever-growing body of information about where Agent Orange was shipped, stored, handled, and showing that information shows locations in the U.S. where uh, Agent Orange was now uh, recognized by the VA to have been present at some level. That doesn't mean that they will concede exposure if you were there, but that's a starting point. The second thing that I would suggest is more complicated. There are a small number of physicians around the country who are truly expert in this area. And one of the things that, that we have done in cases where it was difficult to show that the exposure either took place or was severe enough to have caused the condition. And we've been able, in many cases, to get expert opinions from this narrow group of experts to show that a particular service person was more likely than not, or as likely as not, exposed to Agent Orange, and that is the genesis of their current medical condition. Diabetes in particular, it's just very widespread, unfortunately. Well, we're coming up on uh, the end of the episode. Did you have any uh, last thoughts uh, for our audience before we sign off? Just one, for folks who have been denied benefits based on exposure to Agent Orange and are having difficulty proving that. I would strongly suggest that you go to an experienced VA disability benefits attorney. 
There are several firms around the country who specialize in this area and have built up the expertise and the resources to uh, win those cases. And unfortunately, most of the excuse me, most of the veteran service organizations simply don't have the resources to prove those cases. Typically, it's going to take finding an expert to win those. And in that set of circumstances, I strongly commend uh, finding a, uh, an experienced attorney who knows who the experts are and where to find them and how to get the reports. Because the, the folks who kind of get past the ordinary, okay, you're presumed and you're going to be granted, uh, who get to these really narrowly drawn, well, was there exposure at this space at this time in the U.S., outside of Southeast Asia. Those are tough cases, and you really need expertise. Well, thanks very much for tuning in for another episode of Victory Over the VA, Jackson and McNichols Veterans Disability Podcast with your host, Francis Jackson. I'm Christian Terrison. Thank you again, and please subscribe, and be sure to tune in next time. And tell your friends. Thanks for joining us this week on the Victory Over VA podcast. Make sure to visit our website, veteransbenefits.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show while you're at it. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our free consultation to see how we can help you with your denied claim. Simply go to veteransbenefits.com and fill out the form. You fought for us. Now let us fight for you. And be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.